Hello, how y'all doing? Welcome back to Tim Smoot Radio. Um, hope everybody's okay. Me, I've been doing good. I just been a little busy with um practicing with the t-shirts, and I just started DoorDash yesterday, so I've been a little busy. I do apologize, but I have been uploading on YouTube, so you can go follow me at Tina Smoot TV on you YouTube if you feel like you miss me a little bit. Okay, I'm going to play uh, today's book club Monday. So, I'm going to go ahead and play chapter 3 of Me me and Mom and Me. So, I'm about to get ready to play it right now. Give me one second. Get ready to play it right now. How's everybody doing? I hope everybody How's everybody been? I meant to say, I hope everybody been doing good. Me, I've been doing good. The devil really been trying to fight me with, you know, when you start going after your dreams, he just start throwing all kinds of things at you. So, you know, but I'm hanging in there. I am hanging in there by the grace of God. Mm, okay, y'all. Chapter three. My grandmother made arrangements with two Pullman car porters and a dining car waiter for tickets for herself, my brother, and me. She said she and I would go to California first, and Bailey would follow a month later. She said she didn't want to leave me without adult supervision because I was a 13-year-old girl. Bailey would be safe with Uncle Willie. Bailey thought he was looking after Uncle Willie. But the truth was, Uncle Willie was looking after him. By the time the train reached California, I had become too frightened to accept the idea that I was going to meet my mother at last. My grandmother took my hands. Sister, there's nothing to be scared for. She is your mother. That's all. We are not surprising her. When she received my letter explaining how Junior was growing up, she invited us to come to California. Grandmother rocked me in her arms and hummed. I calmed down. When we descended the train steps, I looked for someone who could be my mother. When I heard my grandmother's voice call out, I followed the voice, and I knew she had made a mistake. But the pretty little woman with red lips and high heel shoes came running to my grandmother. Mother Annie, Mother Annie. Grandmother opened her arms and embraced the woman. When my grandmother's arms fell, the woman asked, Where is my baby? She looked around and saw me. I wanted to sink into the ground. I wasn't pretty or even cute. That woman who looked like a movie star deserved a better-looking daughter than me. I knew it and was sure she would know it as soon as she saw me. Maya, Marguerite, my baby. Suddenly I was wrapped in her arms and in her perfume. She pushed me away and looked at me. Oh, baby, you're beautiful and so tall. You look like your daddy and me. I'm so glad to see you. She kissed me. I had not received one kiss in all the years in Arkansas. Often my grandmother would call me and show me off to her visitors. This is my grandbaby. 
She would stroke me and smile. That was the closest I had come to being kissed. Now Vivian Baxter was kissing my cheeks and my lips and my hands. Since I didn't know what to do, I did nothing. Her home, which was a boarding house, was filled with heavy and very uncomfortable furniture. She showed me a room and said it was mine. I told her I wanted to sleep with Mama. Vivian said, I suppose you slept with your grandmother in stamps, but she will be going home soon, and you need to get used to sleeping in your own room. My grandmother stayed in California watching me and everything that happened around me, and when she decided that everything was all right, she was happy I was not. She began to talk about going home and wondering aloud how her crippled son was getting along. I was afraid to let her leave me, but she said, You are with your mother now, and your brother will be coming soon. Trust me, but more than that, trust the Lord. He will look after you. Grandmother smiled when my mother played jazz and blues very loudly on her record player. Sometimes she would dance just because she felt like it, alone by herself in the middle of the floor. While grandmother accepted behavior so different, I just couldn't get used to it. My mother watched me without saying much for about two weeks. Then we had what was to become familiar as a sit-down talk to. She said, Maya, you disapprove of me because I'm not like your grandmother. That's true. I'm not. But I am your mother, and I'm working some part of my anatomy off to pay for this roof over your head. When you go to school, the teacher will smile at you, and you will smile back. Students you don't even know will smile, and you will smile. But on the other hand, I am your mother. If you can force one smile on your face for strangers, do one for me. I promise you I will appreciate it. She put her hand on my cheek and smiled. Come on, baby. Smile for mother. Come on. Be charitable. She made a funny face, and against my will, I smiled. She kissed me on my lips and started to cry. That's the first time I've ever seen you smile. It's a beautiful smile. Mother's beautiful daughter can smile. I was not used to being called beautiful. That day I learned that I could be a giver simply by bringing a smile to another person. The ensuing years have taught me that a kind word or a vote of support can be a charitable gift. I can move over and make another place for another to sit. I can turn my music up if it pleases or down if it is annoying. I may never be known as a philanthropist, but I certainly want to be known as charitable. I was beginning to appreciate her. I liked to hear her laugh because I noticed she never laughed at anyone. After a few weeks, it became clear that I was not using any title when I spoke to her. In fact, I rarely started conversations. Most often, I simply responded when I was spoken to. She asked me into her room. She sat on her bed and didn't invite me to join her. Maya, I am your mother, 
despite the fact that I left you for years, I am your mother. You know that, don't you? I said, yes, ma'am. I had been answering her briefly with a few words since my arrival in California. She said, you don't have to say ma'am to me. You're not in Arkansas. No, ma'am. I mean, no. You don't want to call me mother, do you? I remained silent. You have to call me something. We can't go through life without you addressing me. What would you like to call me? I had been thinking of that since I first saw her. I said, lady. She asked, what? Lady. Why? I said, because you are beautiful and you don't look like a mother. Is lady a person you like? I didn't answer. Is lady a person you might learn to like? She waited as I thought about it. I said, yes. Well, that's it. I am lady and still your mother. I said, yes, ma'am. I mean, yes. At the right time, I will introduce my new name. She left me, turned up the record player, and sang loudly with the music. The next day, I realized she must have spoken to my grandmother. Grandmother came into my bedroom. She said, sister, she is your mother, and she does care for you. I said, I'll wait until Bailey gets here. He will know what to do and whether we should call her lady. Chapter 